0: society 13 podcast network redefining podcasts society-13.com i like to listen
1: you want to see something really scary you bet music horror, horror. art politics and over Welcome to Kettle
2: Whistle Radio for real on Society 13 Networks. Hello, Hello, I'm just gonna right now. I'm hoping my buddy Jim Castiglio picks up the phone. May or may not. We'll see. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Technology just against us tonight, man. No, it's not. I'm really pissed. (laughs) Are you there? No, no. I just, like, honestly, like, what's going on with Skype? I can't get on Uh, yeah, but I'm not Uh, uh, whatever no, it's gotta be like a area-wide thing, whatever hey, whatever (laughs) man, that was the I hate Skype remix Um, (laughs) man Had this discussion with our uh, next band uh, that will be on the next show, actually. uh, And you're going to hear them play Dear Enemy tonight. um, That is the nightclub, Emily Cavanaugh and uh, Mark Brooks. But, yeah, we had that discussion on that show, which, like I said, you'll hear later in the week. um, And you'll hear their song tonight, Dear Enemy. But uh, we're going to have a fabulous writer here in just a couple of moments here. uh, (laughs) Jim Castiglione is back. And uh, he is in Fiends of the Flesh, and his story... I mean honestly, you're going to hear all about it. You're going to hear about real real horror. All right, but yeah, uh, we we just wow, Skype that night just wasn't working. All right, love you guys. This is Kettle Whistle Radio. So, we got Jim Castiglione on the phone right now. <laughs> Skype is not Thank responding. You, <laughs> Skype is not responding. I I I hate Skype right now. Right now. Um, <laughs> so once again, one of the one of the many authors that I adore on Fiends of the Flesh, and uh, this guy's been writing for a long, long time. Jim, introduce yourself once again. Yeah,
1: hi. Uh, I'm Jim Castiglione. I'm originally from New York, and uh, I've been writing. And this, I'm really proud of this last project. It came together so nicely, and uh, just even the genesis of the story, um, it's, I'm a very visual person, and I remember reading an article in the newspaper about, uh, in Times Square, that they had these jumbotrons, and that it was a form of uh, surveillance, and that it's almost like a two-way mirror, that they could monitor, you know, the crowd. And I was like, wow, you know, that whole notion of, like, surveillance and uh, participation, perception versus reality, that type of thing. So I came up with this story. And uh, originally, again, being so visual, I kind of started writing it as a screenplay, but it, it, just, it just fell into, like, a, a novel format. But the, um, the tagline was, a surveillance operator's unrequited love turns this predator into prey when a nursing student's altruism level concept just really resonated with me cuz again with my background working in so many different areas uh 5 years in the uh locked psychiatric unit and I did finally escape
2: <laughs> yes he did he did and and he actually he 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 married one of my friends so i'm i'm a little concerned about her but you know <laughs> she's fine <laughs> <laughs> He procreated. Oh, geez, he procreated. They, uh, we're all in trouble.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Um, I i thought of you, like, first when I was putting this anthology together. And, again, Fiends of the Flesh is about the authors. And I wanted something different from everyone. And I got it. I actually got it. I'm so proud of this little project I did. And people love your story. It's you. yeah, man. You're, you're getting like, like people really, really love it because it's so different. Like we go from monsters to all of a sudden like gangsters, and uh, let's right. face it, they're the real monsters right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. You know, and it's it's one of those things where it could be anybody. You know, it it could be somebody that you're you're talking to on the phone, and uh, no pun intended, but you know, it just. <laughs> how this guy was a stalker and just, you know, comes across more or less of, oh, he's just playing games and then it I keep upping the ante and it just, you know, mm. turned to a real dark
2: place. It gets real. Um, uh, yeah, we're talking yeah. about the stalking of Emily White, all right, and it's yeah. in Fiends of the Flesh. Check it out. You don't have to be a horror fan to like this story. It's just a good story. And uh, people that uh, I've talked to, they're like, wow, that one... Uh, a little different for you it's not really in the uh horror genre i was like no it's just good it's fun it's uh, it takes you somewhere else and uh, mr castiglione you're a little bit dark
1: (laughs) well yeah i I even had a uh, i don't i know you caught the video it was a youtube video yeah and uh if if you go on youtube you could type in the stalking of emily white i actually had a uh
2: videographer
1: um, and try to bring my concept to life, and it, it, I thought it was done really well. Yes, you know, just
2: to see, yeah, yeah. We got to get creative like these days, because I, I do. People read. I don't know. Do people pick up books? I have no idea. I'll tell you what, though. Um, I'm I'm hot off the heels of a, a Renaissance festival. Go ahead, laugh, laugh. Yeah, uh, where I was drinking out of a horn, okay, a a horn on my belt, and I dressed like Jack Sparrow, whatever the hell, and uh, we had a blast, but, yeah, I had a few beers, and then Skype decided to, like, poop out, otherwise, you'd hear more Jim, like, live in my face right now. I apologize, folks, but you know Skype. (laughs) Skype's a bitch. It's a bitch. It has nothing to do with me drinking out of a horn. So, enough of that. <laughs> clearly not, no. You, no. clearly not. Clearly not. No, Actually, no, it really doesn't. Moving on. So, <laughs> so now, you went from, like, I, I know you were nursing, you were a cook. Yeah, I, it was, uh, I was in the sexual intake department
1: of a, uh, a local hospital, and basically, I was working these 12-hour shifts, and I would speak to physicians, and they'd say, look, I have a patient. They need to be admitted, and those were, you know, the routine calls in the early afternoon and evening hours, but come nighttime, people would just call up, and I had something that kind of sparked my interest. This one person called up and said, uh, my husband was over in Iraq, and he's not acting right. Hmm. And I remember when I was on the phone, I could hear the blaring music. And I kind of touch on that in the story. Yeah. Because it just, it was so eerie. You're on the phone, and you hear this, like, massive distortion. I'd be hard-pressed to tell you what song was playing, but it it seemed like it was, like, Radiohead, the uh, Karma Police, because Eh? it was just Eh? all distortion. Right. And uh, I, I said... You know, why don't you put your husband on? And she gets him on, and I said, you know, what's going on? What, what are you up to? Apparently, he was shooting arrows into his basement wall, and he must have been hearing voices or what. And he took the approach of, uh, "You're, you're not military. I, you know, I just got done serving. I can't speak to you." And going on and i could hear that the wife was panicked initially when i got the call when i received the call right and uh she's like i have three kids and this guy is you know my husband is shooting arrows i'm like wow that's not safe at all
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and no. just
1: i mean you know just just the horror in the mind
2: it, the it, irony here know. is i i don't want to make fun and make this funny but i am wearing um uh, strategic arrow champion from the the Renaissance <laughs> Festival sticker on my shirt right now. It's this is ter- just terrible timing. I'm sorry. Move on. <laughs> no, no, actually, it's funny.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean, the the situation was it, it rectified itself. But you know, uh, again, you're on the other line of the phone. I have no visual contact and. It, the, the story that's playing out in the person's head where you know I had a dispatch police through a, another co-worker I kept her on the phone and it was just really horrific but that was odd ah, 15 years ago and you know I, I saw this news article and again you know being a writer and,
2: and just it just sparked something and it was like these chain of events It stayed just, it, it stayed with you.
1: Oh, yeah, because, I mean, it was very horrific to, uh, Mm. you know, to have that on the phone. And you're like, well, when I told her you need to get out of the house and we dispatched police. But beyond that, I I couldn't tell you what happened, you know, because once that phone call hangs up, that's it. Mm. And and you're like, wow, I wonder what happened to the person. And, you know, what if this and that? Oh, yeah,
2: I understand. <laughs> that's rough. No, I, that is rough. You do wonder if you worked anywhere for you folks that worked in a call center or what. You do wonder what happens when you're not there anymore. You just and you're supposed to just dismiss it, and that's rough. It's rough.
1: Yeah, man. But you know, it's uh again with the story that how they just unfolded. It was, it was pretty uh, unique. You know, because, again, like I said, that happened maybe 15 years ago. And that was the furthest thing from my mind, like reading that article and, you know, the uh, just the whole response. And just to hear the panic in a woman's voice, I told her, just get out of the house. You know, you shoot shooting arrows in the wall. That, that's not right.
2: Right. So, <laughs> Damn. She
1: ran to the neighbor's house. And, uh, you know, that was the last I heard.
2: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay.
1: Again, that you're dealing with like horror. This is something that could be any person on the street that you pass by, and I that is horrifying to me. Yes. Know that you know we we tend to create stories and what to explain things. You know the origin of story writing. The notion of you know here's this person walking amongst us. Hmm. You know, it, it could be a person with a suit and tie, and
2: you're like, "Oh wow, you know, this is." So anyway, yeah, that's how I. But I, you, you know that guy's nuts. All right, listen, we're gonna oh, yeah. more from Jim in just a second. Got to pay the bills. You know how this works, folks. Stick with us; it's going to get interesting. Trust me.
0: I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that glow here in the dark. The dark. With the initial smoke cleared from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new. com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's
2: play a game. Handsome <laughs> to have freaking old man glasses. All right, once again, folks, all the interesting conversations take place off the air. As you know, if you're a victim, I mean, a listener of Kettle Whistle uh, Radio, what what is this podcast? Um, yeah. So yeah, all the good conversations take place off air here. The best thing right now is that I put my headphones on backwards and it's hurting my head. Um, ow, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, don't. Oh God, don't ever do that. I guess I'm lucky to still have hair at my age, but that hurt. All right. So, yeah. uh, So, again, Jim Castiglione, (laughs) more importantly, (laughs) my buddy from Long Island. That's right, folks. Long Island. We we make horror because we come from a horrible place. I don't know. Explain. Hey, Jim, seriously, like, um, where does your love – I don't think you're a pure horror fan – because you write really good drama. Are you a horror fan?
1: You know, I mean, I, I, I'm a product of the 80s. I grew up, I used to love, uh, you know, Michael Myers and uh, Jason and, and stuff like that. The slasher films, the, you know, the violent stuff. Um, I, I mean, I, I've run the gamut. I've, I've seen uh, Rob Zombie. You know, I I like, I like some of his stuff, too.
2: But you yeah, witness yeah. more human drama, and that's where the stalking of Emily White comes from. Correct? Right. Yeah. Okay. Correct. What What made you write it? Like, what? I, honestly, like, uh, like, where does that come? From? I, I, we already talked about where it comes from. But like, is this something you want to pursue? Is it? Like, do you like the dark corners, or you stick with drama, or go darker?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I would go darker um, because if you remember that uh, my first interview with you regarding the screenplay oh, yeah. uh, by Hook of My Crook it, I delve into like a real dark place with that and uh, I, unfortunately some of it was fueled by uh, Oxycontin when I had my
2: shoulder surgery. You know, hey, I had, that's uh, okay, man. For a of truth is truth.
1: <laughs> and uh, it's, Real amazing with that, so I, I want to really get in with that. I, I've been writing in my spare time, as you know, is spare time is comes at a premium. It, you're always running around and what, but the, I, for me, writing is an outlet. Uh, again, very imaginative, and uh, it just, I just I'd love to see this, you know, possibly down the road as like some type of feature or what. You know, uh, anything is possible. Yes, but it is. It, it's uh, you know the whole writing aspect is cause I, that's my background. You know, I I entered that uh, contest and I scored uh, reasonably well, and it just it's like I'm chasing that. Yes. But, uh, yeah.
2: That's why I do the show. Uh, that's the whole reason I do the show. Is you know it you know fuck Hollywood because we. All of us, people listening, we write stuff that is real. This guy here, Jim Castiglione, has been doing it for years. You know, we all struggle with reality and writing and whatever. But let's face it. When you come home at the end of the day after work, if you have the energy to pen what just happened to you, there are people that want to hear it. And I, I think that's I th- that's your deal. I think that's what you you're really good at.
1: Thank you, thank you, man. That's that means
2: a lot. But more importantly, I'm just a humble guy from uh, New York.
1: You know, born and raised in Brooklyn, lived on Long Island, and uh, now I'm living in the Midwest somewhere.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. You have kids. You have two little girls. How do you feel about your girls reading? Well, not just your stuff, but the stuff in Fiends of the Flash, and Other stuff, like, uh, are you one of those parents that let them watch everything? I have a feeling no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I know your wife, dude. I know, it's interesting you go there. Um, A
1: lot of uh, things that fueled my writing was that my daughter had no interest in it whatsoever. And (laughs) once I started to put pen to paper, Part of it was, like, to motivate her to see, you know, if if you have drive, if you have passion, Hmm. anything can happen. So uh, she was so involved to see my name, you know, in print, or our last name. So uh, (laughs) she picked up the book and started reading. Oh, no. Oh, God. No, no, no. no. I I quickly turned the page. Oh, thank God. You know, I let her read, you know, aspects that don't have anything. But uh, interesting enough, they came to me and said, why don't you write a children's book? And I looked at my w- wife with the corner of my eye, and she said, don't you dare. Huh? <laughs> I said, no, I'm not going to make an adult children's book, <laughs> which would be funny as anything. Oh, yeah. So uh, I I started writing it. I took a, a concept from my daughter. we It's going to sound very strange, but we have an English
2: Wait, 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 wait. Wait, you're, you're talking to me, and you say, this sounds strange. <laughs> Let, let's move on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, okay. All right, I've got my helmet on. I'm diving in. Yeah. Uh,
1: I have an English bulldog.
2: And oh, I love them. Been, they're adorable, and they're so dedicated. Yeah. Yes. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The
1: dog's name is Meatball. <laughs> energy whatsoever but now and again if the door is open she'll bolt <laughs> and it's the funniest thing because you see this big brown thing running you know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's comical so they said why don't you write a story about you know Meatball Runs Away oh. I'm like you know that is funny so uh, you know and I, I would turn to my wife you know tongue in cheek and said well you know what, what if something happened to the dog and you know it fell in a hole or you know swallowed up by a demon or you know she's like <laughs> so like no no, no I'm, I'm if i do this i'm gonna do it right make, make it like a, a children's thing you know at least something <laughs> for my kid to
2: read <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> meatball I'm, I'm already dying i can't wait to see that one
0: all right on your shelf.
2: <laughs> now here's the deal though i yeah. don't like spoilers but I do like to let people know what a story is about. How do we explain your story in Fiends of the Flesh without spoiling?
1: Well, I mean, uh, I mentioned uh, earlier in the program about the the tagline, but uh, that, that that is kind of vague, isn't? it? Uh, let's
2: see. It's uh, it's tough, man. Your story is tough to like to like talk about without ending uh, yeah
1: it's it's um you know it's again it talked about the human drama uh i've had other people screen this and they said it reminded them of like a james patterson or a uh an sbu episode okay because there's an element of crime there's an element of uh there's like the slash flasher type genre. Oh, it, it could also be like a psycho noir because, uh, again, we're dealing with a stalker who is not wrapped tight, but it starts <laughs> off
2: innocently enough. You know? Yeah, uh, if you, you grew up in uh, New York in the 70s like I did, and I think you did too. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was uh, plenty of <laughs> that going around.
1: I mean, it's just, you know, it was a cultural melting pot. They, just so many different things were going on. So many different colorful characters, and you know, no, but and, that, that
2: that evil background, that weirdness in the streets, and disgusting. It was like New York was a dirty, scary place then. So that's what know. we grew. That's why I think that's why me and you do this. You know, we we saw the weirdness. We grew up with the the blackout of what seventy was it seventy six, and I mean. It, Right. Let's not talk about the forty-five caliber killer that we all heard about while we were on <laughs> on the school bus. Yeah, we had a boogeyman. We had a real live boogeyman that people don't understand outside of New York. But yeah, it has an effect on a kid. I don't know if that affected you, but I uh,
1: don't. You know, it's when everybody writes things, they they put an element of their self into this uh, meaning. You see somebody, or you see a certain personality trait, or you see something, and it just it, you create this story. I think we all love to be scared, and the notion, you know, with the human drama of you know the, this person could be out there, mm. or you know people think like this. So I guess again, all my years in psych, it's you're working in the intake department, talking with people on the phone, and again that. That was the scariest part, because at least growing up in New York, if mm. you're going to come at me, you come face forward. right? It's none of this, but on the phone, it's kind of scary. It, again, it made me think, while I was writing, uh, When a Stranger Calls, You remember that mm. scary
2: movie? I love that. What about yeah, that and Play Misty for me with Clint Eastwood? Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Yes. it just it's even more frightening you know they they build on that that the, you know you you're in somewhat of a secure environment,
2: but you know all of a sudden somebody's coming into your room right through the phone
1: or they you know it's uh
2: it's pretty horrifying when a stranger calls very 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 effective back then absolutely uh thank you for that that's like one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> I, I, why I have no idea why do we like these things what like why Jim why do we why are we prone to like this like I loved it I just saw it fantastic oh, to, oh the book is amazing it's my favorite book of all time and they do a really good job I'm not gonna say it's like you know the end of times for horror it was good right. it was really good really good the kids are fantastic I, I if somebody does this with a stand then wow but wow I yeah it's good um where do you stand with monsters because that's what I write about and you're in fiends of the flesh
1: uh, it's again I as a kid growing up I loved Alfred Hitchcock uh the, the monster genre I mean even like, I'm trying to introduce my daughter. My daughter
2: loves
1: horror. But it's like, wow, you're 10.
2: What I'm am I gonna so sorry. I showed, her, I showed her, like,
1: the invasion, invasion of the body snatchers. Oh, my
2: God. And, Classic. Yeah, I, I mean, the what? 80s, the 80s version is scarier. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I love the first one. Of course, black and white. But Jesus Christ, that one with, oh, my God, in the 70s. That trailer alone is horrific.
1: And it's... You know the the whole notion of uh, of the monster. You know when, when you look at cinema and it's f- the picture of the times kind of dictate what's going on
2: in there in the what was it late fifties? Yeah, they had like the blob, and they said that was like uh,
1: a form of communism. <laughs> you know that you
2: I know, never that's... saw it. That I just thought it was a, a good sci-fi. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah,
1: no, definitely,
2: it's a favorite. But
1: then, you know. You, you're dealing in a world of today of surveillance everybody's watching you there's no but that's been done since the dawn of time I mean you look at uh, Shakespeare the talk talking with uh, Polonius you know the the whole idea that people are watching and, and this and that and that that's frightening to think that everything you do you know uh, if Skype was working let's say
2: you know <laughs> they, they're able to
1: see what's going on and you know
2: Yes. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, God. Yeah, they're all reeling. Oh, uh, but, Yeah. They're all reading our minds. Uh, but, yeah. Jeez. Uh, it Came From Outer Space was on last night on this show called Sven Gulli, And I always yeah. loved that. It Came From Outer Space. I was, like, a fan of that when I was, like, seven. I didn't know why. And I learned, like, uh, this weekend, Ray Bradbury <laughs> wrote the thing. Like... <laughs> So I had good taste when I was seven. <laughs> what was the first thing you read that disturbed you?
1: Let's see. In the horror field. Uh... Uh,
2: anything. For me, you, you know. You
1: again, it's like, I'm kind of drawing a blank, but I, I remember reading, uh, growing up in the, like the mid-80s in New York and, and what, uh, The whole notion of like mobsters and gangsters and stuff like that was so appealing. Uh, Just just learning about it. So I've I've read a lot of. Again, it's it was true. It was
2: uh, you were there. You were in. You you were like in it.
1: So to to see all that, or you know, uh, again, going back to an earlier date, it was it was like a a lot of uh, wannabe type stuff and people thinking. You know, just trying to cut corners to make ends meet and what. But re- actually, reading uh, about uh, John Gotti and, and uh, uh, Sammy the Bull and stuff like that, and, and all the horrific things that came from that, and it's like, wow, what, would, what could how could be somebody be so cold blooded and, and pull the trigger? And I was like, wow, that that is fascinating that they're able to turn that on and off.
2: Yeah. We're all, you know, fa- yeah. Just, We're all fascinated that, by that. that that's Let's face it. Horror, yeah, that's- Scarface, Scarface, The Godfather trilogy. Why are we drawn to that human drama? Let's face it, folks. And if you really want to face it, check out his story in Fiends of the Flesh. And dude, do you have a Twitter? How do we find you?
1: Uh, well, I'm on Facebook at uh, Jim Castiglione.
2: Um, you might want to spell that. I have
1: the YouTube video. What's that?
2: You might want to spell that. People are stupid now.
1: Sure. Oh, no, no, no. My, my bad.
2: And Are you on Twitter? No,
1: I'm not. Not right now.
2: Well, so, folks. You know, it, it... Go ahead.
1: No, no, I was just saying, you know, really running with this writing stuff. It, it's soon to come. It's a work in progress like anything else.
2: Yeah, you got the venom, dude. You got the venom. You're not going to stop. And I'm glad. <laughs> no, I'm glad. No, Don't no. ever stop. Don't ever stop. But find us all at www.burningbulbpublishing.com And please check out www.FairlyDarkProductions.com. Hit me up on Twitter if you want, at FairlyDark. And... Um, Jim, we got to get you on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, you, got, you you got stuff to say, man. <laughs> I do. All right. You got something in close Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Are you kidding? Yeah, you're going to be a regular. you got, you got a closing? Want to say goodnight? No, I just I, uh, thank you for all the
1: opportunities, and uh, please check into it. Uh, see the video on YouTube. Uh, give you a little more perspective of what was written.
2: Yeah, man. And we are in Barnes & Noble. Hell yeah. How about that shit? That is a lifelong dream. And for all you kids out there, yes, it is. We're in our, well, I'm in my late 40s, so it's nice to actually be in Barnes & Noble before they all close. (laughs) Yeah, because they're not selling coffee anymore. I don't know. All right. (laughs) All right. This was fun. Sorry, it was not a um, you know the clearest of airing episodes because well we're gonna blame Skype. absolutely, going out with some Yard Panther and thanks to Jim Castiglione for being on. You got his well you got you got the spelling. Find him, all right, folks, fan, uh, all right, fans, no friends and fiends. Jim, good night. <laughs>